You're listening to Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Dockerty. Welcome to the Veeam Partner Perspectives podcast. I'm Eric Dockerty. Today, I have Jeannie Krull, the Senior Director of Public Cloud Solutions for Veeam. And Jeannie, I was having you on to have one conversation initially. A few weeks ago, we set this up and we were going to talk about transacting in the public cloud for partners, which is still a good, valid conversation. But a little bit's happened in the uh, time since then. We, we introduced this little thing called Cirrus. Um, can you give us a little information on what that is? Yes, absolutely. So, um, so Cirrus is an acquisition that Veeam made recently, um, and it's really Veeam's first foray into the SaaS space. So backup as a service covering both M365 environments as well as the Cloud Protect portion, which covers workloads living in Microsoft Azure, but all served up in a SaaS format, which is uh, unique to Veeam, but I think really exciting for our partners. I, I agree. There is an exciting component to it for sure. So what made now the right time to get into it, do you think? Oh, I think it's been the right time for probably 18 <laughs> months at least. <laughs> so we've kind of been on the prowl in the background maybe is what's... Yeah, absolutely. Find the opportunity. I, I think it was really about like what is the the right opportunity and and the right IP to bring on board to really help take this to market and scale it more broadly. And that's an interesting point to make that maybe people don't necessarily realize yet is that this was an acquisition of like you said intellectual property and a solution from a company. We didn't acquire a company and we also did not build this from ground level up, we've acquired what's already a successful product solution. Exactly. But builds on the same underpinning technology and IP of our Veeam Backup for Microsoft 365 offering. So it has all those same capabilities just now served up as a service because it is built on top of Veeam's underlying IP as well. And that, that brings us to an interesting change, I think, for our traditional VAR partners, because they're so used to having to engineer and solve and create these solutions. Um, and now they're asking questions, but those questions may not be valid anymore because it's more of an as a service. And many times they're used to when they hand it over as a service, they're handing it over to another company. They're still kind of able to lead this conversation with us. So what do you see for those that are, are struggling to get their head around the SaaS answer? What do you see as the way they should be talking with their customers, their potential customers about this solution? I think really much more focused on what is the need of the customer and what is the problem that they're looking to solve, right? But then you don't have to worry about how much storage do you need? Where are you going to store something? Are you going to store something on-prem? Are you going to store something in the cloud? Uh, you know, do you have storage capacity in your existing infrastructure environment? Do you need to procure that separately? All of that is built in. Um, it is all built on Azure today. And so that's something that partners can completely take off the table in terms of work that the partner has to do, really just focusing on what are the outcomes that you're driving for the customer with the service. Yeah, and make it much more transactional for the partner, I think, which is something that's of value because when it comes to the way the solution goes, first off, it's SaaS to backup SaaS, which makes a lot of sense because you initially went into 365 because you didn't want to deal with all that backend stuff. And then we've been saying, let's deal with more of that backend stuff. Some people want to, some people want that control and that's great, but we've given them an opportunity now to say, continue to keep your hands off. And it's, it's very interesting because it's the first time this is also a, a thing that has come up on a few deals in my territory. And that is the first time we've been able to offer SaaS as a first party product. 
And there have been some deals that stalled out because we did not have that. So now a little different conversation. No, a hundred percent. And it's amazing to see how many deals um, that are kind of coming back from the past, I'd say, where perhaps Veeam was down selected because we did not have a SaaS based consumption model for customers to leverage. And that's really what they were looking for. Maybe they didn't have the resources internally to worry about the deployment or, you know, to provision new storage on their side. And so now I think we see those opportunities coming back. Customers loved Veeam, the capabilities that Veeam has, and now they're able to access all those capabilities in the space, but as a service. So I think as a partner, you know, if you have pipeline deals lost in the past, perhaps because it wasn't the service and that's what the customers were looking for, a great time to go back into those customers and reopen that conversation. That makes sense because there is a chance that they still haven't found the solution they're looking for, honestly, because, you know, like you said, if they like the features but didn't like the delivery system, they may still be looking for that solution. So um, plus not all of them are full featured enough. You know, we, we've been very fortunate. We have the full features of the 365 portion. And I want to make sure we cover that there's two different portions to this solution. Um, but in the first portion, we still have all everything that you could do as far as what you can back up in. If you built your own 365 backup solution, you can do that in Cirrus by Veeam too. So Teams, big thing that not everybody's doing or not doing well, we, we can do it as part of Cirrus. Yep. Absolutely. That makes, makes a huge difference. Um, as we look at it, it's kind of interesting because there's a couple different things. So got my first look at the uh, dashboard. Um, I've gotten a couple different looks. I got the demo look that you can get from what, what we keep calling the Walnut site because it's built on a demo solution in Walnut. Um, and I've also gotten to look at the, the advanced console. So what's interesting is that I've heard a few people say already as they've done that demo, the online Walnut demo, and said, it's very simple looking. It's probably for, for customers that don't have an IT department to manage this because it's very simplistic. And what I've since learned, and we need to make sure we're advertising more, I think, is that you get to choose. Do you want the simplistic version or do you want to see everything? Now, granted, it's still different looking than our dashboard. I, I actually like their dashboard. I think their dashboard is a little better than ours. Um, but I think, I think, I think Cirrus has done a nice job. Of, you know, that's, that solution has a nice uh, design to it. But you have the ability. Do you want to see everything or do you just want to see a little bit, just enough to get things done? Again, all depends on the size of the customer. So I think that's something I want to make sure that we educate the, uh, the partners on as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other piece to mention here, Eric, is going to be the, uh, the RBAC component that Cirrus introduces as well. So I know particularly with larger size deals, the role-based access control, or yeah, talking to some customers now about larger deals where you know it may be like a holding company that has a series of downstream companies. They wanna manage their environments independently, but they don't wanna give anyone access to managing you know, everything across the organization. And so bringing in that role-based access control piece is really key when you start looking at those larger deals. That is something you know that is part of the Cirrus IP that is introduced here. You know, it was another, and you're, you're absolutely right. That is, that is gigantic because that's what is wanted at an enterprise level, especially because you have more cooks in the kitchen. Another one that they showed us, uh, we were just off site last week at our internal tech summit where we got a deep look at a lot of things, including our first deep look at Cirrus by Veeam. Um, one of the great things they have is the ability to block backup operators from seeing the contents of emails. Sounds simple, but it's something that's been hanging out there. That is huge. 
So the fact that it that's done on there gives the ability then to know that there's another level of protection. So it used to be, you know, maybe the executives, there was only one person that was allowed to do backup recovery uh, for the emails or whatever for those folks. The fact that we can block that, that that is a nice differentiator and a nice feature as well, even beyond just our own basic install product. Yep, absolutely. So, so I think you will see a few incremental features in Sirius that are you know, add-on IP that's built into the service outside of what you get with standard VB365. So some exciting features, particularly when you focus, you know, additionally on security and some of these enhanced security features that are built yeah. into the service. I agree. And, and you know, just to, to get a little more of the tech stuff out of the way, the things that we saw is it's built, it's built in Azure. It's in three different locations right now. It sounded like the way they were talking with that coy grin on their face while they were on the stage with us last week was there's going to be more coming. Don't know where, don't know when, but we know that there's going to be more. But the beauty of it being in Azure is how easy is that to replicate from site to site to site? So this thing has the ability to scale as high as it needs to. So let's talk a little bit about that and what it means. So when we look at the current build out um, in Azure in the three different locations, those are three different locations where the service is run today and the metadata is located. But when you actually look at individual customer data storage, that can be any location that a customer wants to store as long as there's an Azure data center there. So um, I think given the audience of this podcast, you know, we may have some uh, Canadian crew out there, companies that do business in Canada, but if you do business, you know, really anywhere there's an Azure data center, wherever the account is located, you have the ability to store the customer data within Azure in that Azure data center location, as well as all the different you know, regions that may exist within a particular data center, right? So if you look across the US, for example, you have options on where you want to store your data. And I think that piece is, is key to think about based on customer location, data sovereignty, particularly if you're working with a larger multinational that may need to think about data sovereignty in parts of their business. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. And I think that's what I want people to keep in mind. I'm glad you described that that way, is that this is not limited to where, when you look at the main overview, to where things are located. You have the ability to to set up so that your data is where you need it to be because everybody has a requirement for that at this point. I don't know of anybody who doesn't. Yeah. Um, even if it's simple as I'm in the U.S. and I'm East Coast based company, I want my backups on the West Coast or vice versa. That's that's a requirement. Then you get into everything in Europe and Canada has the same thing, and it's only a matter of time here in the states, right? Where it has to stay in in the sovereign territory. Um, that's a nice thing. The other thing that we we hope nobody ever wants to take advantage of is the data uh, removal should they decide to part ways and go do something else is how simple that is. Because all we hear about a lot of times from people who have, you know, com competing as a service solutions is we're staying with them because it's too hard to get our data out or we can't or I'm changing this product, but I got to keep paying for the other one for another six years till this data ages out. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's a great use of money, unfortunately, but it happens. We have a great way of doing that. Do you have any information on, on how that works? Yeah, I mean, so essentially like that that just works through a, a support ticket today. So if for some reason, although it's not a common scenario, but if a customer did want to leave the service, they are able to get all of that data out of the service. Given that it is in Azure, there are additional egress fees that, that will be applied, but it's absolutely something that a customer can do. And it's interesting because I think it's one way that, you know, that we've competed as Veeam for quite a while is discussions about vendor lock-in, right, as it came to yeah. other um, other SaaS options in market. And so we wanted to ensure that with Sirius that, you know, that we're not um, 
kind of following along that path of some of our competitors and that there there isn't vendor lock-in. So if for some reason a customer does want to leave, there's absolutely a way that, that they can still take their data. Um, that may be good or bad news to partners who may want to sell something and have people pay for it for an ongoing six years, even if they want to leave. But regardless, we think it's a great option for, um, for just the, the overall flexibility that it gives customers over their own data. I'd rather them stay because they want to, not because they have to. So right. I, I, let's work on that side of it and make sure that they're always happy and want to stay. And uh, give, given our uh, retention records over the uh, years of, of you know retaining customers, I think I think we'll do okay. Yeah. Um, and on the migrating out, you're not actually getting here. Here's your files, dump down your terabytes and terabytes of data. It's actually from what they've told me, an Azure container is storage container is put into the customer's subscription. So either they have a subscription and it gets migrated there or you sign up for a new subscription, it gets migrated there. It's not this, send, send me the biggest hard drive you've ever seen and I'm going to download it to it or something archaic like that. It's actually kind of smart and happens because of that, happens a lot faster than it would if you were doing it the old fashioned way. Yeah. So it's glad to hear that. So let's talk a little bit about the part that all the partners really want to hear about and how do we get paid and how do they get paid in this? Because I know there's a few different paths for this as there always are when it comes to cloud transactions. Yep. No, absolutely. So so I think like step one, the the easiest way is that um, the Cirrus SKUs for M365 are all with your DIST. So if you just want to transact through traditional two-tier in an annual motion, so annual upfront, just like other Veeam products, absolutely available now. So all of your DISTs have those SKUs and they're able to transact. Then there is a monthly motion to this for both the Cirrus for M365 component, as well as Cloud Protect, which is the protection for Azure workloads. We'll talk about that next. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so many exciting things to talk about. Today. I know. But, um, but when it comes to that monthly motion right now, that monthly motion is designed to be sold through marketplaces, two different types of marketplaces. One is DISTI marketplaces like Ingram Marketplace, where these SKUs are available today, and I won't even call them, I should call them products, not SKUs, and SKUs is a bit of a legacy term when we get into the SaaS and the cloud space. Yeah. But these products are available monthly through Ingram Marketplace today because Cirrus had an existing relationship with Ingram. We are working to get similar models spun up through TD Cynics, through Arrow. So if you're interested in transacting, I can't talk anymore, transacting monthly, through your traditional distributor, that option you know will be available in the future if you work with anyone other than Ingram. But if you work with Ingram today, it is available there. So that's kind of the distribution marketplace side. Then on the Azure marketplace side, to sell third-party product like Cirrus, so essentially ISV solutions through Azure marketplace, you need to have a direct billing relationship with Azure. So that would mean that that you are a direct CSP. And if you are one, you know that you are one. <laughs> so sometimes right, yeah. it's confusing internally for people at Veeam. are like, no, no, the partners all know what they are. So it's only confusing sometimes. I worked at Microsoft when they introduced that whole program. So yeah, yeah I, I got a lot of education on that early on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that all exists um, out there. Partners know what they are. So larger partners, um, all of our corporate resellers, for example, mm -hmm. some of our major nationals are all direct CSPs. And it's interesting because normally you are a direct CSP because you do a lot of M365 business, right? So that program was really kind of, and CSP in general was designed first for M365. So if you're a big traditional Microsoft partner, 
Um, and I myself am a big traditional, like I live in Seattle, Washington, I spent 13 years at Microsoft. So it's been, you know, it's been a journey. I actually worked with Veeam when I was at Microsoft too. Veeam was one of my partners at the time. But, um, you know, if you fall into that space, then you are able to transact through that direct CSP motion where you get an authorization from Veeam um, for margin on our product through Marketplace. You're able to go out and extend offers to your tenants or the, the CSP tenants that are under your management. Right. So there's that option. Now, if you're in the U.S. market today, there's another option for even partners that are not direct CSPs through Azure Marketplace. And that uh, that program is called MPO, stands for multi-party offer. And so what this is, is Microsoft has a whole series of customers that have a direct billing relationship with them. They have what is generally called a Mac or a Microsoft Azure Commit to Consume. So these customers, historically, because they have that direct billing relationship, they could buy ISD product through Marketplace, but there was no way to pay a partner margin on that transaction. The only way for an ISV like Veeam to pay a partner margin on that was through backend rebate. So we know partners don't always love that, right? It frequently doesn't hit your uh, your frontline reps. And so your reps are like, hey, well, it's great that the house is making money, but like, where's my money? So like, people aren't really great about that model. Exactly. So MPO helps with that. It's essentially a model where Veeam slash CRS is able to extend margin to a partner. So like wholesale pricing through Marketplace, you get that offer through Marketplace, you add your margin, you push that offer directly to the end customer. So now you're involved in that transaction and you're receiving margin on that transaction and, you know, that you can pass on to your reps as well. So more of that upfront model versus the back end rebate that we know partners just don't always love. So that functionality available in the U.S. today, the next geo slot it for that are Canada and the U.K. Microsoft tells us fall, but it's already mid-October and we still don't have an yeah. exact date, but we're coming soon um, to our you know, friends in Canada as well. That functionality available. So even if you're not a direct CSP, but, you know, maybe there is a serious transaction with a you know, a big Mac customer where the customer has this commit, they want to burn down essentially that credit line that they have outstanding with Microsoft through a serious transaction. They could pay for that through MPO. We'll be able to send you as the partner, a wholesale pricing offer through Azure Marketplace. You add your margin, push the customer, and that's how you can be involved in those transactions from both the um, the Cirrus product, so protecting M365, but as well as Cirrus Cloud Protect, which is the protection for Azure workloads. You know, maybe you want to protect M365 and Azure. Great, like all of that is an option, and through that model, really to any partner that wants to sign up with Microsoft for that. Um, and then, if you you know are a direct CSP partner, you have that option as well. You can use existing commit that maybe you're not hitting your your you know your your required commit every year yet, so you're basically throwing money away. Don't. Don't do that. Never, never liked hearing people throw money away. Instead of that, do you have 365 deals that people are scrounging to find budget for to, you know, back up for 365 but deals where you're trying, they're like, I, we don't, this isn't the budget this year. Ask them if they have any uh, Azure spend that they haven't committed to yet that they need to spend. Quick 100%. and easy way to get things going. It is amazing. I was talking to a customer last week. They're looking at moving, you know, a, a couple thousand workloads from IBM cloud to Azure. And uh, they have small beam footprint today, but this would you know, really increase the size of their beam footprint. And so, you know, we're kind of talking about what their environment looks like. And I said, hey, it sounds like, you know, are these production workloads that you're moving? Are you running other things in Azure today? They go, yeah, you know, we do quite a bit of work with Azure. And I said, like, you know, do you have a commit with Microsoft? They're like, oh, yeah, we do. And when I mentioned that there's a way to buy this, you know, still include their partner, which 
in this case was was um, was SHI. I'm like, no, SHI can still be absolutely included. There is uh, accelerated to beam funding involved. So, you know, they're looking to leverage a VASP as part of that as well. So tons of options here. And But as soon as I said that to the customer, they're like, oh, well, what else can Beam do? So just because <laughs> we mentioned the map yeah. conversation, like, well, how much Beam can I buy? And how much can I put against this commit? Because it's a use it or lose it model. It's, actually, it's a use it or write a check to Microsoft model. Right. You don't want to write the check for nothing. So they would rather look at ways they can you know, expand Veeam. So it can be you know, a serious deal, but it may just be you know, your on-prem Veeam footprint and you know, leveraging Azure storage could also be expanded through this model too. So I think as a partner, a lot of ways to think about driving that commitment conversation and understanding what kind of open lines of credit do your customers have out there. Yeah. And I think, and especially this time of year, as everybody's trying to find those extra deals, I know it's mid-year for Microsoft, but it's end of year for many of the partners out there who would love to uh, bring a deal home in the next couple of months. Good good way to make some quick sales for things that maybe we're stalling a little bit. And well, we're saying wait till January. Two, customers that are on the calendar likely have a, you know, a, like a Mac timeframe. So the Macs are not always aligned to a Microsoft fiscal year either. So you think a lot of them are probably signed at end of year, end of calendar from a customer mm. standpoint too. So you find expiration dates like all throughout the year, but always just good to understand like what are the buying vehicles that that your customer has and is this something that is important to them that they need or they find ways to leverage uh, that procurement motion too. Yeah, it's a good way to uh, educate the customer on something they may not realize and become even further of that trusted advisor that we all strive to be. So- 100%. Changing gears a little bit, you mentioned it a couple times, the Azure Protect Solution by Cirrus. Um, what's that all about? And I know it's a silly way to ask that. I feel like I'm doing a Saturday Night Live sketch. but, but <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. it's not just, you know, we talked a lot about Microsoft 365 to this point, but that's only part of the solution. There's a whole other section that uh, I think has a lot of value that we got to make sure we don't overlook. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the other portion of it is Cloud Protect, which is a relatively new product for Cirrus. Um, when the acquisition happened, but one that we're super excited to take to market and one that you know is near and dear to my heart since I run public cloud, which really is all about how do you protect workloads living in cloud today? Yeah. So when we're looking at, 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 uh, at Azure VMs, like Azure SQL, Azure Files, it's how do you protect those workloads as customers look to expand into cloud? And we know that today, like 94% of organizations are hybrid, meaning they run uh, you know, workloads on-prem, they run workloads in the cloud. So I think it's always really important to understand like for every single customer, what does their overall environment look like? I mean, obviously Veeam has a, a big history around protecting VMware environments, but even as you look at uh, you know, VMware environments that may be running in the clouds, so as we look at AVS environments, what does that expansion look like from a customer standpoint? And what is their strategy going forward? So for those that have workloads running in Azure today, Sirius can be a great option for protecting those as well. And so once again, it is a SaaS model. It is workload-based. Today, this product is available monthly because it's really based on billing in arrears, based on how many workloads they're protecting, and then what the storage associated with that looks like. A little bit different, a little bit different, a little bit harder to size storage associated with VMs versus no, storage associated <laughs> with the user. <laughs> so that's why it is not a storage inclusive solution because it will vary drastically from you know from VM to VM. Um, in terms of what that storage footprint looks like. So <laughs> you'll see that there is a separate storage cost associated with Cloud Protect, um, whereas the you know the Sirius M365 protection is storage inclusive. That makes sense. So so from the from the partner perspective, uh, it's just not the clever name of this podcast, from the partner perspective, it's um, they are getting paid 
a little later. They're, they're still being made whole the same way that we are for 365. It's just not right at the point of sale. It's, it's an ongoing thing because costs vary. They fluctuate based on usage. So just be patient. You'll, you'll get paid. You just don't get paid all at once. It, and most of the partners at this point who are transacting cloud-based things should be used to that and totally. have a way to compensate their, their uh, sellers for that kind of model. Yeah. So super common thing in, in the cloud space, not as common historically for Veeam. Um, but I think anyone that plays heavily with other SaaS vendors, this monthly billing model is quite common. And so once again, the monthly options, both for Cloud Protect as well as for the M365 backup with Sirius, you know, are transacted through marketplaces, whether that's Azure Marketplace, whether it's Ingram Marketplace, you know, or we hope coming soon, TD Cynix Marketplace, Aerosphere on the Aero side. So, you know, so DC marketplaces will play here as well. And you'll be able to access those products really either way if you'd like to get them through the Azure side, if you are a direct CSP or want to sell via MPO, um, or if you just want to get them through your traditional distributor. And that's what's beautiful is the flexibility of, of how partners can transact wherever they are along the journey of, of modernizing their transaction processes. There's still a way to, to make money. And that's, that's critical because I know just in my own backyard, I work with uh, partners who are still that traditional VAR, but know that they need to, to shift to more cloud solutions. And then the, there's the ones that are all in. So it's nice to have them all covered that way. Yeah. And I think the, the SaaS option really makes it much easier, right? When we look at a lot of partners that have moved into the cloud space, it's really because they were reselling someone else's service and managing it, not because they were going out and building a service themselves. So that's now risky. There's a few that have done that. I have a few that have done that, but there's a risk of, of making that investment. And then are you going to make that money back? And now what's happening is since you've made that investment, you're having to steer more people that direction because you got to make your money back on your investment. So even if maybe something different is you kind of like, I, I need to make money on this. Um, I'm oh. always a fan of the, let somebody else build it and I'll make a few less bucks on it. But I, you know, let someone else assume risk. Let someone else build it and support it because I think that's where a lot of it comes into play. Yeah. Someone said to me once from the, our um, our VCSP side of the house that you can't be a VCSP if you don't have a nerdery, which is like the smart people that fix <laughs> things when they break. Behind yeah, the scenes. yeah. But, it's it's easier to build a data center than to build a call center, and that's that's honestly what it is. Uh, you know why? Because there's more people involved in the call center. It's it's a tough thing to build. You need a, like you yeah. said, smart people, smart reliable people. You know, yeah. you need to make sure you keep that thing fully staffed 24 seven if you're going to be successful. Yep, 100%. So, so this is a great option for someone that you know, that would like to be able to offer Veeam as a service. And, and now from a, a first party standpoint, I think we see a lot of customers that really want to buy something from Veeam as well and yeah. want to know that the the power of, of the brand and our customer sat and history comes with it. Yeah. And I know I'm really excited because I feel like while it's a well-developed product, I feel like it's also in its infancy. I'm excited to see where we take it. It's like, and, and where it can launch to from where it is, because it, like I said, terrifically done product. I love, I love what we've just acquired again. It's intellectual property that we've acquired and now part of the Veeam family, but what else can we do with it? Cause we're very good at taking things and taking them to that next level. So I think, I think the next several months with this product are going to be very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I would say like if you do have questions about it, obviously you can talk to someone like Eric, um, but you can also send emails to Baz, like so B-A-A-S at Veeam.com, um, which is a kind of general intake email alias at staffed by 
whole series of people here, myself included, to answer questions that the partners have. It's been a busy little inbox the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? It has been, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I know you're all working hard to get information back. So, And we're all learning more as time comes. So please do ask about it. Um, ask your local Veeam uh, partner teams, your local Veeam sales teams. They all have information on it. And if they don't know the answers, uh, they know to go find the very smart people that do. And also are utilizing that same email address that Jeannie just gave, gave out that pass <laughs> at Veeam.com. Um, yeah. Any parting wisdom for the folks out there that, uh, you know, as far as getting into this space, um, all the announcements, I, you know, I think I have my thoughts. I want to hear what yours are. I mean, I think my biggest thought is that we all have a huge opportunity to make a lot of money with these new offerings and the demand has been insane um, in the past couple of weeks. So tons of excitement out there. And I think just a, a really big market opportunity for us to all go after. That's basically what I was going to say. Just get out there and get involved in this. There's there's opportunity aplenty. And 100%. involve your teams, as we always say it with every deal, involve your teams and we'll all make it successful. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been super busy before and after this announcement, and <laughs> yeah. it only gotten busier. So I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me and help educate our partners on uh, how to be super successful with, with uh, Cirrus by Veeam. Always happy. Thanks for having me. This has been Veeam Partner Perspectives with Eric Doherty. Thank you for listening.